Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome to our latest vodcast. And this is a talk I gave at Stanford, and it was on CTA runoff studies, dual energy versus classic vascular techniques. And so what I'll look at in this talk, particularly focusing on dual energy, is some of the classic techniques for peripheral CTA, from a study protocol design to how we inject contrast, but I'm really going to focus on the post-processing and display of CT data sets. Now, in terms of timing of runoff studies, there are a number of different things you can do from preset delays to test bolus technique to triggering. I think there's so much variability, particularly when you're covering the lower extremities, that triggering is probably the best thing. Now, people have used triggering off different areas. In fact, someone could say the best place to trigger might be the popliteal artery, particularly with a fast scanner, because the more distal you trigger, the more likely the timing is going to be good. In our experience, particularly on a dual source scanner, what we're doing is we're using triggering of the lower abdominal aorta just above the bifurcation. Uh, and then typically starting to scan at that point. Now, the trigger will vary. So, for example, if we're doing a runoff study where we're starting in the lower abdominal aorta, then probably I'm going to trigger at about 280. If I'm doing a chest, abdomen, pelvis, you know, runoff, then I'll trigger at about 220 and then until you move up and then scan downward. The important thing to remember with doing runoff studies, as you know, there's a bigger danger being too early than there is being too late. That's one thing. And again, you also have to recognize the speed of your scanner. If your scanner is a bit slower and you're doing chest, abdomen, pelvis, lower extremity, it could take a while to get there. So it's a compromise, but you need to know your scanner. And as I noted here, the usual problem is scanning too early. It's not typically an issue of scanning too late. I've, I don't see that as a problem typically. So our protocol, typically we go with 120 cc's of contrast, either Omni 350 or Visi 320. I like to inject about 5 cc's a second. Some people use larger volumes of contrast up to 150. It's hard if you're doing a runoff to use less than 100. Um, even with a saline push, it, it's kind of difficult to get a great study. Again, this triggering somewhere between 200 and 280 will work. And again, as I mentioned, the triggering point will indeed vary. And we use our thinnest detector slices. Now, I will say that you need to use the 1.5 millimeter thick slices when you do dual energy to be able to cover a longer distance. But it seems to me the quality of the reconstructions is identical. And in terms of visualization, you can see from this schematic diagram here, since we need to see things in a sense in a, in a 3D mode, the axials are okay, and, but really what works best is the 3Ds, the volume rendering and MIP, as well as vessel tracking with curved planar reconstruction. So we'll just look at a couple examples. Here's a case of Ehlers-Danlos with iliac artery aneurysms. And in this case, with bone removal, with automated bone removal, which we've helped develop over time, you get a great look, right, at the iliac artery aneurysms. And it's not very tricky. The bones came away very nicely. But in this case, abdominal aorta and iliacs, you're looking at the big vessels. I don't see any issues with any vessels that have been removed unnecessarily. Again, with editing, whatever type of editing you use, my concern always is, more that you take away too much and take away too little. When you take away too little, you have to work around it, and it's a little bit annoying. When you take away too much, you can make an error. And with this, we also use the uh, center line tracking so we can get individual vessels. Okay, we know that. Nothing new have I said to you at that point. Now, we do make the point that removal of bone is critical, particularly for MIP imaging, because otherwise you really can't see the vessels. 
But you can see from this example how important it is that you remove all the bone, but you don't remove more than the bone. And the issue is in patients who are younger, it's not that hard to do in most cases, but in older patients or patients with atherosclerotic disease where the vessels have calcification or patients with osteophytes, things come really near each other or things touch and it becomes more difficult. So in this example, pretty good automated bone removal and you can see very nicely we get the graft from the aorta down to the superficial femoral artery. You can see the superficial, the uh, iliac, common iliac on the left side is occluded. Uh, you get a very nice look in that example, or even in this example. Um, now, of course, in this case, we see lots of calcification, but you get a very nice look at the trifurcation vessels. You see that the posterior tibial is occluded on the uh, right side, but a very good look on both of those cases, okay? But these are the easy cases. Now, dual energy comes in for a number of different ways. One is you can improve your contrast profile. Less contrast is needed to make things brighter. But two things become very important in terms of runoff studies. One is bone subtraction, and the other is calcified plaque subtraction. And I'll speak about this in some detail. Now, dual energy can be done two different ways. One is on a classic dual source scanner, so like the flash. Two x-ray tubes are ideal for dual energy. One we're running at 100 kVp, the other at 140. We use an effective MAS at 250 with a narrow collimation. Now, we used to try to do the tubes, tube A 80 and tube B 140. Uh, the images were just too noisy. So now 100 and 140 tends to be what we're doing. You also can do dual energy on a single x-ray tube, for example, GE. And what they do is they basically rotate uh, and change the different energy levels on the fly. So it works out pretty nicely. Now, in terms of what's been published, there's very little. There's this article by Brockman that made the point that dual energy is a feasible and accurate technique in the assessment of peripheral vascular disease. Results from dual energy are superior to conventional bone removal and less dependent on vessel wall calcifications. So they had very good results. And in, in their small study, when they compared it with digital subtraction, the sensitivity and specificity of CTA was 97, 94, and 95 percent by dual energy bone removal technique compared to conventional removal techniques which were substantially worse. Now, I don't know what kind of bone removal technique they had. I don't know how good they were at doing it. Modestly, I can do it really well, but I will say that it is a challenge. You need, you need good software and then you need to know how to use the software. And they also concluded that best results for post-processing were achieved in the vascular segment of the upper leg and that there is issues with severe calcification. Okay, um, but again, the challenge is the worse the disease, I think the better dual energy works. So let me show you a few examples. Here's a patient with failed grafts, and you can see this is the classic 3D. You look on the right side, there's two grafts that are non-opacified, the SFA is occluded, and you can see, I'll show you a few more images there, and you can see this patient had grafts both to the popliteal as well as to the anterior tibial. And in both scenarios, the grafts are occluded. So even the simple volume rendering very nicely shows you the graph occlusion, shows you a lot of the information you need. You rotate the data sets around. So now you can see the trifurcation vessel on the trifurcation vessels on the left look good. On the right, again, the grafts are all occluded. There's very minimal flow through the perineal. Uh, so very poor flow. And you could see what you used in this scenario. You used the automated bone removal. 
and you can see when you look at it visibly it looks pretty good and then we'll go one step further and now we'll look at it with uh, the bone removed and that's a pretty good data set and I could you see some of the collaterals on the left the deep ephemeral collaterals and again very nice visualization both the right and left and again the right is this we're looking from posterior you see the stents are occluded and you see some of the deep circulation now if I go with the dual energy images I did less okay I just press dual energy it takes about two minutes to process but you're not doing any work and you see how it spit out the images shows you very nicely both the right and left side both the vessel occlusions the graft occlusions all the vascular disease but you can see without any artifact at all now I would say in both cases it did well I particularly find that the dual energy works very well you're doing the lower extremities where it's much tighter particularly around the ankle and you can see on the um, the image on your right, the, uh, the posterior tibial, very nicely shown around the ankle. Now, I think one of the things you notice at the bottom of the label here, it says hard plaques. What that means is this is the technique where I do not remove the calcium. And I'll come back to that in a moment, and I'll tell you why that's important. Now, here's just an example of another case where I was doing dual, en I was doing dual energy and single energy. Here's the classic bone removal, and you can see what happened is blue is what it's going to take away. And you can see, for whatever reason, the left common iliac, uh, one of the vessels in the thigh were being removed. Now, I can go back in there, obviously, and I do in every case when I use bone removal, and override the computer that I take away those areas. But you can see that did add some time to the work I had to do. But you can see once I do it, you got a good look at the deep vessels, superficial femoral artery, and some of the branch vessels. But it took a little bit of my time. Not that much, really, but it can be tricky at times. And then here's the dual energy mass. Same patient. Again, here I didn't do anything. I'm just showing you the mass. And here I'm showing you uh, just changing the parameters on the dual energy, showing you where I can highlight the bone a little bit or take the bone away. And you can see on the right side, you see those multiple areas of stenosis and occlusion of the patient's superficial femoral artery very nicely shown in that example. And here's a few more views. Okay, and hard plaques on. So again, in this scenario, in this case, it was easier to do the dual energy than the single energy. Another example. Here's a runoff with a graft, and I'll show it to you. Here's with the bone in, and then here are the axial images. You see the graft in the left thigh. And then what I'll show you is the computer, and you can see what happens here. Um, it's no great surprise. You see at the calf, the fibula takes the vessel next to it and merges it so it would remove the vessel. I then go back in and I fix it. You can see where I put those little marks on. I can fix it. Or you can see the global picture. You can see what happened. Patient has vascular disease, grafts, osteoarthritis. So there's a lot of errors. You can see the amount of errors, how much of the vessel it picked up. And yes, I can go in and fix it. And you can see that I am fixing it here. But that's sort of time consuming. And when I fix it, you know, I can make it pretty good, which you can see here, but it's time consuming and still there's an issue. Look at the anterior tibial on the right, um, a little bit problematic there, but look what happens when I go after the uh, dual energy. Very nicely here, you see the native arteries, native iliacs, you see the graft, and I follow it down, you see the anastomosis all the way down to the popliteal. Very nicely shown 
with none of the artifact and none of the dropout. You see the anterior tibial on the right is nicely shown. Uh, so it works very nicely. So the worse the case, the more calcification, the, the older the patient, the more difficult. I think dual energy really has a massive advantage. And if you have dual energy available, it's dose neutral or it can be a lower dose, but I'll always use dual energy over single energy in that regard. Now there's one other thing dual energy can do. You can see in this case the patient has extensive calcification. Dual energy can also remove the calcification. And voila, here's images left to right calcification no calcification now it looks really good but i am a little bit concerned that here you would say of course there's no flow in the superficial femorals and there probably isn't but sometimes when you have markedly compromised flow but some flow the calcium removal probably removes too much so i think the calcium removal thing is kind of cool, but it's not really ready for prime time. And when I spoke at the Stanford course, this was one of the questions on the panel discussion, and the other panelists who use dual energy all agreed that the calcium removal is kind of cool, but they don't trust it, and they do not use it routinely in practice. A couple other points. Downsides to dual energy, it's a more expensive machine, so it costs a little bit more. It's new technology, so there's not a wealth of articles on it in the literature, though it's coming. We're trying to write some ourselves. But it is very good for you know decreasing the need for complicated bone removal and making work workflow go better. So concluding then, dual energy provides an ideal peripheral protocol for imaging the peripheral vascular system. There's no downside to it once you have dual energy. The study combines dose-efficient imaging with decrease in post-processing time and potentially more accurate studies. And so, so I think it's a win-win. And when you think about dual energy, if you're looking for an application, this is a slam dunk. And if you look at CTSS, the teaching files, we're posting many new cases. And with that, wish you a great day.